moly, what a beautiful day in Happy Valley. Today I'm joined by three of my closest friends and we're going to be talking about some HR topics. Uh, I'm Duncan Bevilacqua. I'm from Egg Harbor Township, New Jersey. I'm a third year studying hospitality management and I've driven across the country from New Jersey to California twice. Um, hi, I'm Chelsea Versby. I am a senior in the professional golf management program. And a fun fact about me is that I can drive a golf ball about 280 yards on average. 280 yards is a lot coming from a golf management major. Um, that's pretty impressive, Chelsea. So like I said, I'm a golf management major. Um, my name is Valentina. I'm a sophomore. I'm from San Diego, California. And a fun fact about me would be that I have a dog named Buddy who's a Ridgeback. You said a Ridgeback, so a Rhodesian Ridgeback. That's so cute. So cute. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen one. You got to send us a picture later. I definitely will. They're so cute. Hi, my name is Ellie Bramberg, and I am a junior studying hospitality management at Penn State. Um, along with being a student here, I am also on the varsity women's swimming and diving team, and I am from Newtown, Pennsylvania. That is about three hours from here and 30 minutes from Philadelphia and an hour from the Jersey Shore. What beach in Jersey do you go to? I have a house in Normandy Beach. Yeah, it's a small beach. Not many people know the name, but if yeah. you know where like Spring Lake and Seagar are, it's around there. I have lived in New Jersey for most of my life, and I can say I've never heard of Normandy Beach. You learn something yeah. new every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was great getting to know everyone a little bit more. Now we're going to move into our Here's the Buzz segment. HR from Happy Valley. Um, today we're going to be doing a segment called Here's the Buzz. Uh, this segment is all about what's happening in hospitality, what's happening in HR, and why you should care about it. Um, and today we'll be reporting from different desks. I'm reporting from Here's Something Everyone Should Care. <clears throat> here's something everyone should care about. And my my article is all about verbal versus written feedback. Um, this is an issue that is very important for all managers, for all employees, because we've all gotten that letter, that little writing that you, you're going to read into it. If your boss gives you a little note that might have even a little bit of negativity, you're going to read into it, make a little bit of a mountain out of a moha. Um, this article's from the Harvard Business Review. And honestly, it doesn't matter. I don't know. Oh, God. Um, cut, cut that little part out, um, please. Really timeless advice that it's always better to have an in-person conversation um, when you have that, like I mentioned with the written feedback, it's very easy to be misinterpreted. Um, the only things that you should be providing written feedback for are quick, very easy, things that are not, you can't misinterpret pretty much. I totally agree. Um, I think it's super important, like how we give our feedback and to just really be careful with that because you know it really affects like the other person um so my desk is here's something innovative and my article is one change that can make hr departments more effective and um the article is from wall street journal 
So basically the article just like um, gives, has this insight of an, like a leader in HR and um, this leader is saying that like departments need to just really focus on teams and like teams are like key to creating that like positive, you know, workforce like environment or culture and like getting things effectively done. Um, and that like departments need to look into their employ employees and see who has like the skills of like leadership or and like who's fit to do the job and that like they should just really focus on like having teams and not being so like indi individual because it's just people work better that way. If that makes sense. Yeah, I was reading in a book recently. Um, oh God, Unreasonable Hospitality. That's what it's called. Um, about an, H an HR practice at this restaurant where they, they waited to hire new employees in groups of like three or more to give them that sort of team, that sort of camaraderie so that, and it reduced their turnover rate by a good amount. Really? That's, that's interesting. I bet it like really did help. Like they have like this, you know, support system and they can like, you know, tackle tasks together and stuff like that. And I, I bet that's like better for like the managers as well too. So that's interesting. I will be reporting from the here's something important desk and the article I selected as a finalist was called accommodating workers with a history of substance abuse. This article talks about the difficulty of finding accommodations for workers with a history of, um, of substance abuse. Employers are not required to find accommodations, but they are not allowed to discriminate against those with a history of substance abuse and are no longer using. So with the American Disabilities Act, workers are protected against discrimination based on a qualified or perceived disability. And this law also protects people with alcoholism or past illegal drug use. I also think that it is very important for employers to understand the ADA and to double check it before taking action on a situation. I definitely agree with you, Ellie. Um, in cases of drug abuse, and I just think in any workplace, I think, I think we've all kind of talked about this before, but it is really based on a personal basis and who's doing what and things like that but I'm glad that these acts are in place that people can seek help and also not be discriminated against for something that had happened in their past um so with that being said to brighten the mood a little bit I guess um I'm going to be talking from the here's something cool desk and my article was about how there are four different generations in the workplace and I think that's very interesting us all being in college and definitely have had jobs where we worked with someone that was a boomer and or someone that was a millennial and how they all act completely different although we may you know love working with them but everyone acts completely different and how uh People talk a lot to each other and just basically have conversations in the workplace and how people handle situations is very, very different because we were all grew up in a different world and that world is still changing. So I just thought the article was really interesting and it's something just cool to think about.
Oh, for sure. Um, I don't, something that comes to mind with that is like the sort of company loyalty that's in a lot of like boomers, like you said, um, where they won't leave a job for 30, 40, 50 years because they feel loyal to the company. But with our generation, if they feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, if they feel like uh, the job doesn't meet their standards or isn't providing them what they need, they'll just pack up and leave. I, I completely agree with that. I actually worked with a lady at the Masters who has been doing, uh, this was her 50th year working at the Masters, and she started when she was 14 from Augusta, Georgia, lived there her whole life. She loves doing it. And she said, even on bad years, I still come back and I'm ready to come back. And then there were people that were our age that this is their first time doing and working at the Masters, and they already decided on the second they, they were not going to come back so it's kind of just a generational thing and I also think it's very different from each person's perspective especially younger people nowadays and work conflicts and work relationships and how we view work as much as older generations viewed work I think that's so true um I worked in like the restaurant industry and I noticed that like co-workers my age definitely you know just like left when things like were not working out for them but like a lot of the older workers like stayed through it and like were like stayed with the company for a longer time and I think it's like so important that you know these like departments and companies start like acknowledging that like everybody's like different and like has their like unique like you know personalities and stuff like that so I feel like if like they start acknowledging that things would like definitely improve. I totally agree with you. All right, a lot of really cool topics. Um, and speak and some of those topics we're gonna dive a little bit deeper into the mental health and especially the substance abuse too. Um, we're gonna be moving into our hot topic segment where we're gonna be joined by a special guest and we're gonna go deep dive into a big issue in the hospitality and HR industry in general. Um, so I'll go ahead. Um I worked in the restaurant industry for like two years and I got to see like firsthand how there is like a lack of um, like su substance abuse prevention measures implemented in the workforce. Um, managers didn't really offer like programs or services that helped the employees like deal with uh, substance abuse or like mental health disorders. And I also think it's really important for there to be like a positive work environment or a healthy one because um, there's just like I saw for example in the restaurant industry like long shifts uh, low wages and factors like that can like just add up to you know a toxic work environment so I think it's important to focus on that yeah I totally agree I uh, I think we should look at the the roots of things on the necessary like, like the aftermath because I read like an article from NPR that says like uh, there's this chef and he said you're doing everything you can to stay sober but the stress level is uh, through the roof so there should be a it should be more looked at like the the roots of things that's so true um in kind of my case uh with the drug issue and mental health uh, i work in the golf industry and that's one of the one industries a lot of people don't know much about um don't really know what goes on behind the scenes just as Valentina is also in the golf industry um and I 
believe in my experience, and maybe Valentina, you can even chime in, um, it's not really, mental health is not talked about at all, at all in golf. Like, they say it's a head game completely, but it's way more than that. And um, I think that, especially in the business, mental health and just, like, mental health days are not very easy accessible or even granted. And that's that's kind of just in my case, but I don't know yeah. about nah. No, I, um, I completely agree. Um, I worked at a golf course last summer for my internship and they didn't have like any mental health days or, you know, like mental health education for employees. Um, and I like I saw how like it's also like a high stress environment in the golf like industry or like working in a golf course. So that would like totally benefit like the employees. I agree. Kind of relate with that. Um being on the swim team, I can say it's also a very mental sport. And um, a lot of people on my team um, go through like mental issues and everything like outside of athletics too. I would say like almost every girl on my team has been to CAPS on campus because it's just like such a stressful like thing. And um, our team has started really talking about um, mental health and like sharing our experiences and I think that's super important to do just to know that you're not alone I agree I think just talking with someone um especially when you're on a sports team and in sports in general I definitely agree it's it's good to just get whatever it is off your chest especially when you're in a competition sport yeah I think that's it's really important to look at the root of the issue which I think doesn't happen a lot so going off of that how would you work to solve that issue how you work to go against that route and work from the bottom up to create better practices around them? Um, I think in my personal opinion, I think just talking about it more um, and being able to talk about it openly in the workplace and being able to talk about it with either supervisors and or just coworkers, um, it's better to get something off your chest. And even if you just want to be like, I'm having a bad day. I think it's good to just be able to talk to someone and for HR and these companies and businesses to have resources that are available to each person. And yeah, going off of what um, Chelsea said, so just like these companies and stuff, having these resources and like, for example, like by providing like training or like weekly discussions and just stuff like that, um, I feel like would go a long way. Yeah, I read a very interesting article talking about this program in North Carolina, I believe, where a group of restaurant workers get together and like talk about their struggles, either with, I think it's primarily with drug addiction, but it's open to everyone. So there's a bit of mental health in there too. But having that support system with people who understand what you're going through, which may be a better support system than like a traditional AA or NA. Yeah, there are also like these Facebook groups where like, chefs talk about uh, with each other about the long hours they have and the, the stressful environments and stuff it brings them like a bit together as well like the, all, the, all the chefs in the in that specific area so that's also an option i've um participated in like the group stuff with my team and um everyone's encouraged to talk but no one really has to um and i've found that like you never really know what's going on in someone else's life and 
um, just to always be there for someone and never judge them. Yeah, I think that we got a good starting point on those solutions. Now let's just move into a little bit more of an open discussion, just talking about our experiences, what we've seen, anything like that. Um, I think we've covered a little bit of the mental health part, but um, I guess we could dive into the drug side of things in the workforce. I mean, hospitality is <laughs> sort of known for drugs, not in the not in a good way. But are uh, the the number of people who smoke, who drink, are much are really high, at least in America. I don't know about the Netherlands. Are much higher than the national average. I want to say one in three are smokers and i i don't want to be a give a false statistic but i know from my personal experience plenty of drinkers too yeah it's true also for the netherlands like you only get a break here during shifts like if you smoke so you, people start to smoke because of the the breaks in between and like afterwards after your shift it's it's pretty normal to, to have a drink or three after your shift so it's such an integral part of the hospitality industry for the Netherlands, at least. Yeah, that's common, like, too, here in America. Like, it's really common for, like, you know, employees to go to the bar, go get a drink with, like, their coworkers after. So it's, like, interesting how, like, you know, alcohol is, like, a part of, like, work, but, like, also it can turn into a problem, like, really quickly. Um, I think with uh, all drugs considered, um, especially in the workplace and just in the world, um, I think that the I read an article and the article is basically saying that um, a lot of Americans are resorting to have some some smokes after work instead of alcohol. Um, especially nowadays and our younger generations are starting to get into, as you know, vapes and cigarettes and a lot of them are drinking now. And I mean, from my personal experience, I've gone after work and had a couple drinks with my boss and there was, you know, personally, there was nothing wrong with it, but I know that it is frowned upon. Um, and in the article, it also brought up about uh, marijuana, medical marijuana and recreation. And I know that's completely different in the U.S. than in in the Netherlands. And I know, Seth, we kind of talked about it briefly before, but it's a much different culture there, isn't it? Yes, yeah, slightly, I think, slightly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, very normal here in the Netherlands just to uh, have a smoke, to say that, to say the least. Did you guys... This is kind of off topic, but did you guys see the, I forget where it was, but there's a article out that more people in the United States spend more money on marijuana than they do chocolate. And the chocolate market, I guess, is like going down because of it. So I don't, I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> I didn't see that, but I believe it. Yeah. That, no, I, I didn't know that. That's really interesting. Um, I I saw it somewhere. I can even send it to you guys because I thought it was pretty funny. But... Like legal marijuana or like just black I, market? Stuff. I don't know. They didn't specify, okay. so I'm assuming it's legal. But... but I don't think they have a good way to track the illegal stuff. Yeah. So I'd have to guess <laughs> it's <Yeah>. legal. <laughs> That's the I would think that chocolates, you know, chocolate sales wouldn't go down with marijuana sales, but that's just me. 
Um, I think that's interesting. I think, I think it's interesting the stigma against marijuana in the United States, like versus alcohol, because honestly, from what I've seen, at least, I don't think marijuana is as bad as alcohol. I agree. No, I agree. I agree. And like, uh, because it's legal here in the Netherlands, like uh, there's not a lot of people who like abuse it because it's so available. So people are very chilled about it. I mean, you just smoke a joint somewhere. So it's, uh, Netherlands so, is not cool. Yeah. Um, in the Netherlands, have you guys had any issues with weed being laced with fentanyl or anything? Sorry, the last part? Um, weed being laced with anything have you had issues with that in your country like laced in what sense i mean uh... um like other drugs like more harmful drugs well i don't think i understand like if it's combined with other drugs or so i think what ellie's trying to say so do you know what fentanyl is no no, I've never heard of it. So fentanyl is essentially, it's like rat poison, right? It's like what they put in rat poison, I believe. Um, and it's it can kill you with less than like, a lethal dose is like the size of a pinhead, essentially. And people lace a lot of marijuana with fentanyl. Um, and it happens a lot to, uh, especially teenagers, which is really bad to say. Um, but I, I grew up in a community where uh it was kind of they people had pretty bad drug issues um and a lot of people were ODing on fentanyl if they were smoking weed or if they were doing any other substance because um fentanyl isn't easy to like point out and it can be such a little amount that it will it will kill you on the spot <laughs> holy shit yeah I've never heard of it yeah like there's all these regulations here and that's how to grow weed and stuff like we also have like a lot of coffee shops here there's also all these rules which you should uh, like follow to have this coffee shop. So I've never heard of it. It's kind of strange. Like I've always thought like, weed is kind of safe. Yeah. If you, if you look up like fentanyl, you can probably find thousands of articles on it um, in the U.S. Just fentanyl and mixed in with other drugs and fentanyl mixed in with weed. Okay. I'm, I'm glad it's not here in the Netherlands, I, I believe. So uh the weed is still so here. I think the issue with it is like the illegal and the underground stuff that like is the one who laces it. Like not any legal yeah. stores, not any dispensaries, but they yeah. maybe to like get a better because it does have some kind of I don't I don't know what fentanyl exactly does, but it has some kind of effect that is positive if you do it in the right not positive, but you know how drugs can be. Um there's some kind of something to it but if like Chelsea mentioned if you give even slightly wrong dosage it very easily could kill you which that's is scary. yeah that's scary no, yeah. like... <laughs> and fentanyl is also not uh regulated in the United States um it is an illegal substance obviously but um it's imported a lot from other countries such as like Mexico um, it's imported a lot from there, and that's how it becomes into the black market stream, I should say. Yeah, no, the, the only thing we have to watch out for in the Netherlands is uh, ecstasy, like Molly, I think. Same, mm -hmm. uh, like those can be laced with something else, I think. But uh, 
we always have to get it tested when we decide to do it. But uh, no, it's really, it's kind of strange when I think about it, but how free the drugs here are in the lens. But mm. we actually, like, we don't care. Like, where people go as a tourist to the Netherlands, they all think, oh, drugs, drugs, but we don't, we rarely use them because it's so available. Mm. But uh, yeah, strange. Just to bring this back into our topic a little bit, with this weed and with this fentanyl, how do you think this affects like our industry? How do you think this affects hospitality or golf or hotels, whichever you want to tackle? Um, I think it I think it depends on the personal basis of what's going on and what's going on in your personal life. Um, because personally I haven't had any run-ins with any illegal marijuana or anything like that um at my workplace or um anyone even being um come across fentanyl let alone so um i personally don't have anything but i don't know about anyone else valentina and chelsea i know it's um like pretty common for golfers to drink like either during or after they golf um i guess it seems like it's not common to smoke. No. Yeah, definitely. You see people drinking out on the golf course, but like I've never seen somebody smoking like weed. And I have, I feel like um like golf courses wouldn't allow that. I mean, I know like some states like weed is legal and all that, but like I'm from California, weed's legal there. And I've never seen somebody like smoking like while they're playing around. It's just like drinking for sure. Yeah. Um I was actually told by one of the golf professionals I worked for before, before, anyway, um, I was actually told that uh, once I basically have my class A certification that you're basically a, a certified alcoholic. Um, so that wasn't a great thing to say, first of all, but um, it made me laugh because I didn't really think about it before, but how much and how big of a thing drinking is when people are golfing and I don't necessarily know if it's a lot of the actual golf industry I mean it is a big part of it but I think it's also the stigma that comes along with golf is that you're going out on a nice day and you're going to drink so I think it kind of in some circumstances I guess golf and drinking go hand in hand all right that was a great discussion guys real quick I want everyone, can everyone sum up their their points about this issue in five words? Um, so to like help solve the issue of drug abuse and mental health disorder. Yeah, I think we should look at the, the roots of things. That's it. Um, I kind of agree with what Valentino was saying. Um, I would just say address the issue at hand. And if there is no issue, then you don't have to deal with it. I would say break the stigma. All right, great points there. We talked a lot about how it has affected us, what we've seen, the different policies that are in the Netherlands and the US, how they affect each of those countries and each of our workplaces. And I think we had a good discussion. We are, of course, by no means experts on this issue. We're college students who did some research, but I think we had a very nice and meaningful discussion. So now let's head out to our outro.
All right. So we covered a lot in our Here's the Buzz segment, a lot of cool, important topics. Um, just to recap really quickly, Ellie's desk was something important and her article was about substance abuse in the workplace. Um, my desk was something innovative and my article was about what we can do to change HR departments for the better. Um, Chelsea's desk was, was something cool and it was about different generations and you know feedback on that. And then Duncan's was something everything something everyone should care about. Um, and his article was Robo versus written feedback. So I thought that was pretty cool. And we all covered something important. All right, and we talked about in our hot topic segment, we talked about a lot of a lot of issues at hand and a lot of good things that I think that aren't really talked about in HR um, regarding drug issues and mental health. Um, and I think our group has a pretty good grasp on all the information and we also had really, really good ideas. And I loved that Seth was able to put his input in for all of our topics and he really got into the, the, a lot of just different conversations. Um, I just lost what I was gonna say. Let me cut that out. Um, oh, and Seth was able to give us some insight about what is different from the Netherlands than here in the U.S. This concludes our HR podcast. I had so much fun working with these three classmates and hearing their opinions on different issues. And I want to give a special thank you to Seth from the Netherlands for joining us and giving us his input. Um, thank you for listening. Was that fine?